America is a mess. We need someone to clean it up. And his name is Bob. Bob Roberts, millionaire businessman, fencing enthusiast, recording artist, and senatorial candidate. He was a man that not only had a brilliant mind and a wonderful wit, but could also sing. This land is my land. Bob has a great vision for the future of our country and a great vision for the future of the children of our country. Hey, mister, can I see your gun? He's amazing. He's a poet and a genius. Ladies and gentlemen, why can't you get ahead? She's a beautiful girl. Why can't you have the home of your dreams? Miss Three Mile Island! Wall Street. Wall Street rap. Michael takes a loan from a Midwestern... The 60s are over, said Roberts. I couldn't agree more, Donna. And I'm sorry, but I wouldn't vote for you. My life depended on it. Are you a communist? Excuse me? <laughs> Paramount Pictures presents, with Miramax Films, Bob Roberts, a man with a solution. Choice to be what you want to be, and I want to be rich. Is that what politics is really about? Make your judgments if you must. Bob Roberts, because Bob spelled backwards is still Bob. I just wish there was a way I could vote for you a hundred times. Oh, there is, actually. Really? Yes. Just kidding. <laughs> So I think in 2028, that's why David Munchak becomes president and he's going to get the majority of the votes. Yeah, I got a great platform. You, you do. Mm-hmm. Who's going to who's your vice president going to be? Uh, vice president uh, is probably going to be uh, Gritty from Philadelphia. It's the Philadelphia mascot. Oh, yeah. Perfect. Yeah, that makes okay. sense. That's where yeah. we're headed anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, welcome back to Reconcinimation. I am John Diner. I'm David Munchak. And I'm Brent Hutchins. And this is the podcast that takes a look back at some of our favorite films from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. And guys, it feels like it's been a bit since we've uh, recorded an episode together. No, we just had one last week. I know. It just feels (laughs) like so long, though. Oh, yeah, I know. know, know. Any time apart is just too long. It, that's right. a true statement. That's a true statement. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I, I long for any time that I can get with you two guys. <laughs> Same. Chat about chat about the flicks. Yeah, we uh, and we've had God. What have we, we've had a, an extended run of of horror movies lately, which uh, which David, yeah. I'm sure you're a huge fan of that, right? It's been great. Really, really enjoying that. Yeah, <laughs> favorite time of year. Oh God! Somehow we managed to do seven horror movies in the last two months. I don't. I don't even know how we managed that. Well, we could keep it going. That's a, <laughs> I'm threatening you right now. <laughs> you yeah, can spin. Can't you just spin off a horror podcast? And leave me out of it. That's the wheelhouse. I feel like horror movies were always the ones that were most accessible to me as a as a as a young kid. So yeah, yeah. 
I don't know why that is. You'd think that they wouldn't be, but they seem to be whatever was showing on HBO. Well, it's such a loved genre in a weird way. It's, it's, well, it's I think it's love hate, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, and just like always, the, everyone had video cassettes of like weird horror movies you never heard of, or, you know, and there was always those weird movies at the rental, the rental places. So that you like never heard of, but had that cool box art which for me was complete turnoff. Like all those weird box arts. I'm like, this looks stupid. Like this looks, <laughs> or this looks scary or this looks weird. So I was like, I was while like Brent, I think you gravitate toward a good horror movie box art. I was always Chopping like, Mall's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Chopping Mall. I got to look that one up. I got to see what that looks oh, like. Oh, you, you love that. Yeah. <laughs> I was always going straight to like the, the main wall at Blockbuster. Like I'm always new releases guy. So it, once I had my blockbuster video, forget it. I wasn't going to find all the, the niche little indie darlings. You were going Apollo 13. You were going Braveheart. You were going Armageddon. Armageddon, of oh, course. Who doesn't classic. go for that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's my yeah. top five. I was, uh, the, the posters for like in the company of wolves and Texas chainsaw Two. like Ooh. that's the, that breakfast club poster. That, that was the one that, uh, attracted me oh for texas too yeah, yeah. for sure yeah <laughs> which i never put together till like way later on like oh Absolutely yeah not that's h- hilarious uh but yeah we had god we had we had a great month in october we looked at uh, night of the creeps we looked at monster squad nightmare on elm street halloween three and then we got to extend horror even further last week with a double episode spectacular Mm -hmm. the interview with uh, our dear friend Kimberly Beck of course and then Friday the 13th the final chapter so uh, we had a a long run of horror movies plus we had the unfortunate uh, or the untimely passing of Sean Connery so we had a a quick look back at his career but you know we could have gone for five or six hours really with that one Mm. yeah yeah yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot. Nice recap, John. Well done. Well done on yeah. the interview. That was that was an exciting listen for sure. Yeah. Well, hopefully yeah, we'll yeah. have some more too. You know, maybe we'll we'll get some more from that from that world uh, next time. We'll see. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. You have a knack for it, man. People like talking to you. Uh, they do. Not not me. <laughs> not you guys. <laughs> no. I mean, other Plus. people like talking to you. Yeah. You Plus. guys are forced. You guys are forced every week. So. Yeah, it's yeah. in my contract. Otherwise, I'd be not here at all. <laughs> uh, well, you know, we're going to go in a totally different direction um, this week. And, you know, this is a movie that David, you, you and I talked about doing last year. Yeah. And then opted to wait on it because of the election this year. And I feel like it's a very controversial uh, subject to be covering. What do you guys think? And the political climate of our uh, country today, uh, I mean, this movie is a direct satire of, it could have been made today, it seems like, although it wouldn't have been as biting uh, at the time, but I think this was probably a lot more, a lot more satirical, almost zany kind of, you know, like in a direction of where the country was heading, um, you know, and uh, yeah, I mean, this was, and I think we we talked about doing this before the election, but also I, I think now that we're, uh, spoiler alert, we're, we're recording after the election. Um, we're, you know, I think it's just sort of to, to talk about it as like a time capsule um, mm-hmm. of things that seem super, super relevant today. <laughs> yeah. 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 
Uh, yeah, I agree completely. Uh, this is uh, it, this is a very interesting movie at this particular moment in time. I I uh, I absolutely think that it it could be our most controversial movie that we've that we've seen. Not that not that you know a mockumentary satire normally lives in that in that kind of area, but uh, this particular movie ended up almost thirty years later or or twenty five years later being sort of prophetic and it mm-hmm. was it's a it's a little terrifying i gotta be i gotta be honest with you some of the stuff in the, i never saw this movie when i was in 92 when it was made i saw it just recently when we were when we were talking about doing this podcast and i am i'm a little nervous about talking about this because of where we are right now in the in the country so it, it this is going to be interesting for sure yeah it's it is definitely frightening how how uh I don't know the foreshadowing that that this movie has that that you know of course we're talking about Tim Robbins's uh Bob Roberts from 1992 uh is what we're covering this week but it's very it's extremely timely uh right now it was timely in 2016 it's been timely every year since and especially with what's gone on the last month and and uh especially with the specifically with the the week of and the week after the election uh, really interesting time to cover this. So, um, you know, we're going to, we're, we usually, uh, stay away from politics in the show. Uh, I think we're going to dip into it a, a little bit. We have to, to cover this movie. So, um, you know, stick around, <laughs> everyone stay with us as we, we get into it. But, uh, well, well let's talk, well, go ahead, David. Well, and like, yeah, like we don't, yeah, we don't really profess a lot of political views or whatever but i think anyone who's listened to us if they've been listening to us we could tell we're a couple of lefties uh you know and then i wouldn't say i'm even that politically high-minded or you know just even i'm not that savvy um but uh you know yeah lefty lefty kind of lifestyle and 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 desire for for things so that's just like out the front like that's that's where i'm i'm approaching like my point of view, my personal point of view. I mean, I'm not, but I'm not going to, but I think what we're going to do is really talk about the movie as a whole, but, mm-hmm. and how it relates to these, these things that we can easily identify. I mean, I, Bren, I, you're hardcore right wing racist, right? That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this will be a fun little talk. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, I don't Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm actually not a racist. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, right. Right. And you can quote uh, him on that. Yeah, yeah, you can quote me on that one. Put that one on the on the on the letterhead. Uh, I, uh, but yeah, this you know, I'd I'd say certainly David, similar to you, uh, left leaning. But you know, I grew up in Texas. I've got some some you know kind of center conservative things that I that I think are all right. I'm sure. but I am I am not I am not for a leader who is divisive and trying to you know wedge uh, any kind of uh, division with people throughout this country. I'd really much rather everybody work together and try and overcome the obstacles instead of try and uh, fight each other on them. But yeah. Uh, yeah, this movie has has uh, the lead in there that is someone kind of has the same calling card as as other people that that are currently in or about to leave office. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or expected to leave office. We'll see what actually happens over the next uh, two months here. But uh, <clears throat> going back to the movie itself, though, what uh, 
when did this movie first come on your radar? Not even necessarily the first time you saw it, but what was the first time you heard about it or were aware of it? Brent, what, what about you? It would have to be college. I have to be, to, to be really honest, the mockumentary film scene wasn't something that I, re- like I kind of missed it growing up. Like I didn't, I didn't get the spinal tap thing. So it wasn't really until, John, we were in school and like waiting for Guffman uh, was introduced mm-hmm. to me. And then I was like, oh wait, mockumentaries are like a thing that you can watch and they'll make you laugh. And and so I, at that point, although I hadn't watched Bob Roberts, that's when at least it, it kind of came into my consciousness and I, I was aware that it existed, but I had never gone out of my way, you know, because politics is always touchy. It was not something that I was like, oh, I'm gonna go watch a mockumentary on politics. Cause I just, you know, didn't exactly hit hit the uh the entertainment button that i was looking for so i never really went out and saw it but that was kind of the first time that i really at least heard about it was was probably back then what was that ancient a couple hundred years ago we'll call it late 90s early 2000s that zone fair fair (laughs) enough (laughs) what about you david um, I, I don't know. I, I, the funny thing, the cover of it is very familiar to me. Like, I feel like I've seen that in the video store since it was in the video store. Uh, Kim wrapped around the flag. But I think at that time and, and at, at my age and stuff like that, that was just like, that seemed, I didn't even know it was a mockumentary or anything like that. And I think, uh, I think for, and it, it was weird because it's like, I always orbited around Tim Robbins movies, but never really saw many of them. Like mm-hmm. I knew who he was, but like, and never got around to like seeing Jacob's Ladder, The Player, Hudsucker Proxy. I didn't see Shawshank for years. Like, so I was just like, I, I know who, I know who this guy is. And I know like, I don't know. It, it, the, the cover was like a weird appealing, not appealing thing to me. So I, I didn't even really know what the movie was for a very long time until, and didn't see it until it was time to cover it for the podcast. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I kind of similar to both you guys. Uh, I remember being aware of it and, and probably s- same thing as you seeing a poster in, in my local video store. Uh, I remember seeing it on cable, not watching it, but just seeing that it's listed on, you know, in the cable listings. And but I, same thing, I, I kind of stayed away from Tim Robbins for for a little while. Um, like I, I, I still actually haven't seen Jacob's Ladder. Um, I I saw Bull Durham. I think that was maybe the yeah. only Tim Robbins movie. And then if you count Top Gun as a Tim Robbins movie, um, maybe some of us do. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I yeah, I missed Hudsucker Proxy. I didn't see Shawshank till later. Uh, this, The Player, all, all those things. I, I, I didn't see till probably sophomore, junior year in college. Um, and that was when... Brent, what what you were saying, that's when I really got into the the mockumentary genre kind of like slowly crept in there. Um, It wasn't, you know, Spinal Tap had come out in 84. Yeah. But then I felt like you didn't really see it again until Guffman in 96. Yeah. And then that was the one that sort of like awakened people to the genre. And, And you had, you remember the Sports Center commercials? Like those got really popular and that was mockumentary style. Yep. Um, and then it started, you know, by the late 90s, it was really getting popular. Um, so then I started getting into the genre and getting into all the Christopher Guest movies and the other things that were out there. And uh, 
Yeah, and then this one, I I had just seen The Player, and which we watched for one of our classes in film school. Absolutely. Um, and I got obsessed with that movie, and and it was you know fa- fantastic film, which probably we'll cover here. Uh, and then then I was like, oh, Tim Robbins isn't bad. Like I always thought he was like kind of like a boring kind of actor, and the, no, not at all. So I think I bought this from uh, our friend Cam. I think I bought his VHS of it, and and then was like, oh my god, this is uh, this is amazing, this movie. So. But of course, you know, in 99, 2000, whenever that was, it was a very different political climate. So while I found the movie, you know, entertaining and great performances, and I love the style, it didn't really register politically that well for me. I, you know, I grew up in a conservative household in New York and, you know, I'm definitely, definitely on the left side of things. So uh, you know, it, it's my, my perspective has, has changed since I was a kid and was growing up and now it's completely different side of things. But, um, yeah, that's kind of like my relationship with this movie. Now this movie means a lot more to me right? with where we stand now. And there's been a slew of like other, of other mockumentaries that have, have, uh, come out. I mean, Borat is one you ever see, you ever mm-hmm. see man bites dog. It's a criterion. No. It's in the Criterion collection, but it's uh that's a that's very this, that's but is that that's not a mockumentary, is it? It's like a, well, it is. is. That's isn't that isn't that the one about the serial uh, is is a serial killer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, that still falls in mockumentary category, though. I haven't seen it. I just hear that it's it's got um, it's fairly graphic in certain parts, right? So, very graphic, very disturbing. I'll never watch it again. Yeah, oh. that's that's what I've kind of heard about it. It's one yeah. of the, it's one of those where you're like, oh, that's right. Yeah, they make movies like that. One yeah, time, one time views. Yeah, I uh, I will never watch that movie again. There's just there's only a few movies in that that category for me. Man bites dog is one of them. But wouldn't we? Wouldn't you consider a mockumentary meant to be like a comedy? Like because that to me doesn't sound funny. Um, it, it, but the, the intention of that movie was a, to be a dark, dark comedy. Got it. So okay. that's why I think it does fall in that. Yeah. I think most mockumentaries, I mean, it is, it's, it, it's satirical. So right. uh, it's like, um, um, what's that modern family, the modern family, mockumentary, mockumentary. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> dark take on, on, on the American family. Very dark. Very dark. <laughs> I see how it, I see the correlation. <laughs> <clears throat> well, Bob Roberts, for those that are listening and, and haven't seen the film, you should, first of all, you should watch it. But it is uh, it follows the uh, the campaign, the election campaign of uh, a right wing conservative uh, folk singer as he uh, runs for uh, senator in Pennsylvania, and it follows him through the campaign trail and all the uh, manipulations and maneuvers that that he's got going on, and and the way he portrays that to the media and and manipulates the media. So uh, that's that's kind of a quick summary of it. It's got a huge cast of great actors. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, and some of them really before their prime too. Um, but yeah, and we'll we'll get into that uh, 
uh, as as we get deeper into the movie here. But I mean, watching it now, you know, the, the parallels between uh, Bob Roberts and Donald Trump are, you know, it, it's it's intense seeing that now that, you know, how he could have foretold that is, is incredible. I mean, I, I know that there's no way he would have known in nine, that Tim Robbins would have known in 91 when they shot this, that uh, Trump would have, uh, you know, gone that political direction. But, you know, I, I think he figured at some point somebody like that would. So whether it was Trump or right. somebody else, um, but there's, I mean, there's a whole like, list i've made a list of comparisons specifically between bob roberts and trump so oh, hit it Let's rattle hear them. them off yeah. Okay. yeah i uh i i thought about doing that and then i was a little scared to go for it so i'm <laughs> glad you did uh okay and these are you know this is not all in one period of time for for donald trump but over the the scope of things so uh, both of these guys made money while the economy suffered. Uh, both were for the death penalty for drug dealers. Uh, both of them preach divisiveness instead of unity. Mm. Uh, both have, have been guest hosts on a late night talk show, <laughs> which we'll get into that part of the movie later. Yeah. Uh, both have been in the spotlight of beauty pageants and beauty yep. pageant contestants. Uh, they both bash the liberal media as often as they possibly can. Uh, and both uh, cultivate fanatical followings and with a mob mentality. So, you know, we're, uh, we, we see, that's depicted very clearly in the movie and we can, we can uh, dive into all of these, but uh, well, it, they, it was. And they, and they both come from a, a non-political background. One was a folk singer and one was, I mean, sure a businessman, but also, a reality TV host. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's like the well. It's like this. As much as we don't, as much as Donald Trump is who he is. I mean, he's he's charismatic in his own way that attracts people. And same with Bob Roberts. Like very, you know, you know, thirty thirty something year old Tim Robbins is obviously a, has a certain kind of charm and you know, attractiveness to him. Right. Um, you know, so it's along that same line, just so, like someone who's someone who's got that charm that and, and celebrity status to, to bring in um, people who just, you, you see a growing uh, following for him and people getting more excited and more fanatical. I mean, he always had the, 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 the sycophants in the very beginning, but then the, it continued to grow. Like, so by the end there's, you know, crowds of people cheering of the death of yeah. a, of his, of, of uh the reporter who who's like blew open the lid on that on that uh scandal uh but they're cheering the death of a, of a journalist which you know that's also another similarity for 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 the current yeah. occupant of the white house as well in a sense right. of gen journalists are considered enemy of the people um yeah, because they both... uh, and and th and, a, and a fake uh a kind of a accusation that journalists you know have to have a certain level of objectivity and and the left left wing media continues to uh, uh, implant like their 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 own bias um, in the search for the truth, and it's yeah, that's that's definitely a similarity too. Yeah, yeah, and it's you know like you were just saying, another similarity between the two is is you know they're both 
not the traditional politician. And that is what attracted people to Bob Roberts and attracted people to Trump in 2015 and 2016. Yeah. You know, they were, they were tired of the traditional politician and wanted a change. I, I, under, I understood that. Yeah. And I still understand that, that um, something needed to change. Was it the right person to go in? No, I don't think so. But, uh, yeah, you know, that was, what, that was what was driving that and pushing that that forward, that movement forward. Yeah. Cause the scary thing that makes them not similar is one was a movie making fun of politics and one is reality. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. That's the kind of the genius of this movie is <laughs> you know, embracing that. I mean, Tim Robbins is a, a, I don't know if I'd say a super liberal, but he's a pretty extreme liberal and, and has been so. very yeah, outspoken okay. about it over the years. And um, <laughs> the fact that he, he portrays this super conservative right-wing politician and does such a great job of it. It's, um, you know, and, and he is somebody that, you know, I, I think whether you agree with him or not politically, that he certainly understands the machine, the machinery of politicians and politics and how the system works. And, uh, you know, if you, if you really listen to him speak, it, it's, uh, he has a really interesting and deep perspective on it that, that, um, you know, I, for the most part, I tend to agree with, but, uh, mm -hmm. you know, not everyone will. So. Well, there's yeah. something about the character too, that like, uh, his, his political opponent, uh, Paisley, Paisley, uh, played by Gore Vidal, uh, who's brilliant in this. Um, it, was it him or was it? Yeah. I think it was him that was saying he doesn't really, he doesn't know Bob Roberts. You can't, tell anything about him he's kind of this amorphous thing this he's just really a smile you know he's a he's a, just a charming kind of guy and it's like and i think there was you could see the commentary of like you can just project your own things onto him to fill in the gaps for you so if he's resonating with with one of his songs or whatever you can kind of like fill in all the blanks for yourself like and that's instead of him being for something strong, you know, other than like the, the, the racist rhetoric and the xenophobia and, and all of that, like, it's just, uh, and, and, you know, as we saw, like people are okay with racism and xenophobia, even if they're not maybe, you know, um, even if that may not be like something they think about or, you know, um, they can be okay with, with a lot of things. You can tolerate a lot of things. Um, as long as like the rest of your agenda or at least your check boxes are getting hit. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm kind of rambling, kind of just tangent, tangent it off there, but no, anyway. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, another. Okay. So there's a part of Bob Roberts that is not like Donald Trump, but is actually similar, more similar to Bill Clinton to me. So, you know, Bob Roberts has a, a certain amount of charm. I don't think what Trump has I wouldn't characterize it as charm. Um, he has a personality. Bob Roberts yeah. has charm and he, you know, can kind of like people warm up to him kind of like Bill Clinton did, but yeah. also the musical aspect of it, you know, him being a folk singer. And I just remember, you know, Clinton and the saxophone, what was that on <laughs> Arsenio Hall? Yeah. Like was such a big moment, you know, him doing that was like, like, getting that young audience attached to him uh, yeah. was, was huge. Remember that? Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, nothing screams young audience like sex film. <laughs> but it was like, but it was very different. Like, I, hey, it was I, 92, okay? <laughs> Kenny G was hitting it. <laughs> I he could have been VP. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I used to watch Arsenio all the time at that time. And I just happened to watch when Bill Clinton was on. I had no idea he was going to be on. And he did the saxophone thing. And I was like, it's, my, it's just impressive if anyone could play a musical instrument. But this 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 governor running for president could play the saxophone that's that's wild like that's that's really cool like it'd be you know you would think the guitar would be the one but it's it's the saxophone it's the saxophone. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's very unique i think like, I don't know. and it was the sunglasses too don't forget that i mean yeah, yeah. that's you're just cool with that yeah. <laughs> uh but that's I think, funny i actually didn't see the saxophone arsenio hall thing with bill clinton but i feel like i'm gonna have to google that and watch that you've never seen that if I have, I must have blocked it out of my memory. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> well, any any like political <clears throat> cartoon or anything that's like shows him in the sunglasses and, and the sacks, it's directly yeah. from that. It's so from that. Yeah, so I've seen it. I've seen the I've seen the the fallout. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm sure that's happened on The Simpsons. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm sure. So Bob Roberts is kind of uh, you know using his uh, folk music background and his songs and the lyrics in his songs to you know get his message out there and it, and it is it does you know mirror a lot of uh, the you know the conservative side of things in that it's a lot of talking headlines you know and there's not a lot of diving into like okay, you say these things, but how would you back them up? How, what is your actual plan to attack that strategy? And then there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of follow through there. It's, it's all, yeah. you know, talking points and headlines. So it's funny. Um, I don't know if we mentioned it, but Tim Robbins, you know, he also directed this movie and he, he never released those songs ever on, on to be sold because he never wanted them like played out of context. Right. For, for any purpose, you know, that, that could be, you know, yeah. uh, for nefarious political reasons. Yeah. I mean, he didn't want, you know, the opposite side of his political views using his songs with his voice on them to, you know, really tout that those messages across that was meant to be satire right. and is now would now be taken seriously. So yeah, he went, I think, I think he went to great means to stop a soundtrack from being made and, Really, I think the only place you can find these if you don't have the movie is on YouTube. So, yeah. yeah. Um, it is something though, because yeah, you're right. Like, there's no real policy kind of things. It's like you know, string up the the drug sellers and the drug users, and you know, let's the and and uh, what was it? It was something like, you know, we give we give free money to welfare people and. And they're taking, and then, and then they'll unqualified people take your jobs. It's like, it's just a bunch of rhetoric um, used like it just to emotionally stir you up. Uh, you know, at least his opponent had, a, I think the one policy, the bill he wanted to introduce, you know, 200 million to help the homeless or something. Um, you know, so it, was, it is that stark difference. It's not like supporters don't care what his policies are. They, they care about what emotional, emotional buttons he's hitting. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and he, you know, like other people in present day, you know, do did a great job of stirring up his audience. And you see yeah. as the campaign goes through in the film that Bob's really like stirring the crowd up. And you see, I think this is the very first uh, screen role for uh, for Jack Black. 
and mm-hmm. he is one of the <clears throat> excuse me very um obsessive uh yeah. <laughs> fanatical fans who are following him around and they're you know they're like what are they teenagers you know in their suits and their trench coats and um they almost they have this weird like almost like a sexual kind of like aggression and intensity towards bob and it's really interesting but uh you know he just drives them up you know manipulates them to you know there's a one point where they they mistake they mistake a jew for an arab and then they attack you know a a a black person passing by yeah who's just completely innocent like Mm -hmm. yeah it's i mean honestly yeah it's it's a little scary like i mean the even again it's just another one of those moments in the movie that's super prophetic with a lot of the stuff that's been happening recently and you see the you see the behavior of those characters and then you watch the news today and you see that same behavior happening except it's not fake and it's just like again I, for me watching this movie was just kind of like it was a little scary i was just like man this is like scary how similar this really kind of is in a lot of ways yeah but i guess there's always some version of that it's not like the things that are in this movie are like invented you know they're at least some version of what's already come and Mm -hmm. and and then just sort of like exaggerated or you know brought up but there's always been sycophants um for on different political sides Mm -hmm. and this is just a portrayal um that happens to really mirror a lot of a lot of what we're seeing and not just the way that people are but the violence that ensues and the way that you know if something happens it it just it it makes everyone dig in even stronger and and takes them to extremes Um, yeah i think you're right like this type of thing has been around like obviously you know bob rod bob roberts the movie was making a comment about things that you know that were a little outlandish and you know 91, 92, mm-hmm. post Reagan era, you know, the transition from Bush to Clinton and that kind of stuff. And, but then like when you, you flash forward to now and you see it in, in the context of like today in politics, this divisiveness is just seems to have grown. And, and it's, it's like, it's, it feels to me like it's on a much larger scale mm-hmm. uh, than it was then. Now, then, you know, I was younger and probably a little bit more oblivious things now i'm older i'm an adult i'm taking care of my own kids i've got my own set of responsibilities and and i'm less living in a bubble so maybe i was just more oblivious to it but it seems like the type of things that we're having to kind of navigate through currently are on a much more extreme level than i ever really remember them being like up to this point yeah well, in the movie, too, remember that this is a Senate race and not a presidential race. Right, so right, it yeah. is it, it is a smaller scale. So, uh, you know, when you blow that up to a bigger national level, it's going to get more intense and scarier. And, and you know, things have only snowballed since 91. So, um, you know, the issues that, that Tim Robbins is trying to tackle here, they haven't gone away. They, they, those are these are still the two opposing points of view that have just grown in intensity and feels like they're at a breaking point right now. And, and that our country is 
more divided, certainly than it's ever been in our lifetime. Um, you know, and it's got to be in the the one of the most extreme times in the history of the country right now. And and we're going to have to see where where it leads and where it goes next. But um, yeah. you know, they're they're just speaking to this as a film. I did find so much of it funny. I find I, I found so much of the movie and the performances and what the, the the way some of these music videos that Robbins is doing, while it is scary on one level, it's also really funny on another. The uh, the Wall Street rap song with yeah. uh, which is a complete take on uh, Bob Dylan's "Don't Look uh, Don't Look Back," but adding like an like an a uh, Robert Palmer kind of twist to it. Yeah, <laughs> like with simply irresistible meets uh, don't look back. Right. So, <laughs> yeah, like a modern sexy kind of addition to it. Yeah, but, you know, like kind of thing. You just get the girls dancing, and then the the yuppies in the suits like standing there too. So, mm-hmm. and then which was the one that was that was the American Revolution? That was uh, oh, I w- I want to live. I want to live. Yeah, yeah. With uh, the-, the the yuppies rising from the dead and. Yeah. There's this whole, th- it's, it's the, the, it's, it's funny to think of like how, like not paying attention to anything that happened in the eighties, uh, uh, being a child, you know, not understanding like how things had dramatically changed starting in the late seventies. Mm-hmm. And, and there's really just, you know, deregulation and corporate corporate interests are become, become like very high priority and greed is good. Wanting to be rich is good. And he's espousing like, I want to be rich in one of his songs. And like, that's, I mean, who doesn't want to be rich, right? Like that's such a good, that's such a popular thing. But he says it in terms of the like liberals don't want you to be rich. They want to take your money and give it to welfare people and homeless people. And, you know, and coding it that it's like black people and black and brown people. Mm -hmm. Um, it's like this code of like just that like what that is and that's only that's just that's that's been a a message that hasn't gone away <laughs> like whatsoever and it's only increased um yeah the that yeah that me- that music video is interesting like yeah he, he's he's dressed in like uh patriotic you know uh George revolution sort of yeah. yeah and then he like he shoots like a the dirty liberal yeah. pace supporter in the video. And, and then yeah, all the guys like come in their suits, like, you know, corporate America, hardworking suit wearing types. Yeah. You can be rich if you just work hard enough. And, uh, right. and that's all it takes. Where would you compare? So the lyrics are extremely well-written and it's written by, by Tim and his brother, uh, David Robbins. And their, their father was a, was a folk, uh, folk singer, Gil Robbins. He was in the highwaymen. Um, so they uh, came up with that musical kind of influence on them. These songs are really, uh, I mean, I always thought that the Christopher Guest musicals, which were written by Guest and, and a combination of Guest and Michael McKean, Harry Shearer and Annette O'Toole um, were always, I, th- I thought the Spinal Tap stuff and, and all of those films had amazing lyrics and are, are so, the depth of the humor in the, in the lyrics is so incredible to me. And I would, I would put this right up there with that. 
Yeah, I'm with you on that. It's like it. It's funny because like some of the some of the songs are so. I mean, it's folk music, so like they have they have such a certain style, and they keep it really simple. Um, so like the lyrics are kind of shitty in a way, but they're so smartly written for what the satire is supposed to do. And it's yeah. just, yeah, they're like they're really funny, if not horrifying at times. Yeah, for for the film, I mean, there's they're they come across as intelligent for the film. If they were yeah. actual songs, it's like, wow, that couldn't be dumbed down anymore. You know? Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. They're, yeah. It's they're. I mean, they're, they're, they're great for, for what they're trying to do for the movie. Right. Like, I mean, yeah. Some of them are, are, you know, like just looking through some of the titles at some of them again, like retake America. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, they're all like very politically pointed to exactly uh, the position that they're trying to make, you know, Bob Roberts uh, come from. And it's, I mm-hmm. mean, they're really, really well done. Uh, very smart in a, in a completely appropriate way for the movie. Yeah. Yeah. And he's got this like cheery kind of happy go lucky sort of tone. <laughs> yeah. With, you know, and he's singing these songs with a big smile on his face and uh, you know, you could under understand why a, crowd would be attracted to that and just right. kind of lulled in by this you know this trick basically that he's uh luring them in but um uh let's talk about the cast too so huge wow huge cast um many of them are just friends of either uh robins or his i, I guess they were never married but they were a couple for it seemed like forever uh, Susan Sarandon. So I think a lot of favors got called in here. Um, and really there was one in particular that was really the reason the movie even got made in in the first place. So, yeah. um, you, you know, Robbins started writing this in the mid eighties and he actually did a sh- very, very short version of it for Saturday night live in 1986. It was a, a short film and, and Bob Roberts was a, uh, wasn't Bus- a politician. Yeah, he was a businessman. He man. was a businessman, yeah. Right, not a politician. So um, after that, he kind of thought about how you could make this into a feature and was developing it and trying to raise uh, finances over you know the course of the late 80s and, and into 1990. Um, Working Title Films was the, was the company that came in and did end up financing it, but they needed as much star power as they could get and Robbins wasn't really, I mean, he wasn't really a huge star yet. I don't think it was really until Shawshank that he kind of bumped up to a higher level. I mean, he had been floating around for, I guess, almost 10 years. And, um, you know, his appearances were growing. And he had, you know, Bull Durham, I think, was big for him. He was in a movie with Robin yeah. Williams called Cadillac Man, I remember. Jacob's Ladder. Um, so, but none of those were like, well, Bull Durham was a hit, but you know, none of those were like, like Indiana Jones level hits, you know? <laughs> no, but they gave him a level of credibility. Like yeah. he was certainly an actor who had been in, even though, I mean, like Jacob's Ladder was even, I know you said you hadn't seen it, but it was a very talked about movie when it yeah. came out and the performances. And I remember and, the posters everywhere. And You know, again, talking, I mean, specifically about like kind of the aftermath of war and, and the effect that it has on your psyche and things like that, you know, I mean, so 
I think, you know, and the player, well, the player was right around the same time. So I don't know timeline wise. Yeah. It was, I think the player came out first and then this came out pretty quickly after that. So, but I mean, having worked with Altman and things like that, you know I mean? Like, cause he was, you know, I mean, I know we're talking about the cast, but you know, Tim Robbins wrote, directed, like acted and, and you kind of, alluded to one person being being kind of the reason the movie got made but i know that i know that in the negotiations to make the movie like they also required that tim robbins be one of the actors because he did have some recognizable name credibility at that point. yeah so, i mean yeah. I, ideally he wasn't plan he was planning to just direct and not star yeah. in the movie but uh you know he was a big enough name at the time that they that was part of the requirement was that yeah it'll get financed who, but you got to be in it so. Who was who was that big name, John? <clears throat> so that would be Alan Rickman. Who? So hmm. <laughs> never heard of him. <laughs> uh, Rickman was huge at the time. He had just done Die Hard. He just done Robin Hood. So huge hits and was a big uh, household name at the time. So getting Rickman to sign on was you know what cemented the rest of their financing that could get them you know really get the movie started. Uh, but uh, well, and his part was not necessarily, I mean, he was all, he was all for it. Like once he read the script, he was, he wanted to be a part of it, but his, his character, although he shows up a lot, it's not exactly a big, a big character, right? Like he doesn't have, he has a lot of screen time, I suppose, but not, a, not many, not many uh, lines of dialogue. No, he and Ray Wise are, you know, the closest, you know, advisors to, to Bob, Bob Roberts's uh, or Tim Robbins. Uh, character in the, in the film so they're present a lot you see them a lot and there is a storyline of the uh was it the broken dove um you know housing loan scam yeah. that that uh that alan rickman's character is involved in so you get that that's kind of like the only sort of subplot that he's with otherwise he's just kind of present there um but but it carries a lot of weight Oh, yeah. You know, you, you your eye goes right to those to Alan Rickman and Ray Wise. Ray Wise is, I think, you know, equally as important and and really great in the movie. Yeah, um, yeah, a lot of presence there. Yeah, and this is coming at a time where where Ray Wise is just coming off Twin Peaks, so in a lot of ways his career was getting he was getting uh uh was it stereotyped as a um you know, crazy, deranged, messed up killer type that he would play over and over and over. Mm-hmm. Um, but this, it was great to see him doing something totally different. And then years later, I ended up working with Ray Wise and he's an amazing actor, great at comedy, can do, you know, so much. He was great in Good Night and Good Luck and and so many other other movies. So I'm glad his career has uh, come around and he didn't get, just get stuck with the Leland Palmer vibe for, for the rest of his career. Right. Uh, but yeah, there's a whole, I mean, the, the list of actors is, uh, you know, endless here. You've got James Spader, all in small roles. Um, James Spader, Helen Hunt, Peter Gallagher, uh, Lynn Thigpen, Giancarlo Esposito, I guess has a bigger role because he's the reporter who is uh, trying to disprove Bugs everything Rapplin. bugs Raplin. Yeah. That's uh, yeah. Yeah. trying to expose Bob Roberts for what he really is. Yeah. 
Giancarlo Esposito from uh, Breaking Bad fame. I know he's been in a bunch of stuff. But oh, million, yeah. He was so good in that. I, yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, that's probably, that might be his, you know, career performance right there. But He was so good, yeah. And now he's in The Mandalorian. That's true, he is. That's true. Did you mention Atkins, our boy Tom? Oh, no, you got to save the best for last. <laughs> oh, okay, sorry, sorry, I'm jumping the gun. <laughs> no, that's right. Uh, Tom Atkins, though, yeah, since since we went there, He's our, our new our new boy. He's uh this is what the third movie in a month that we've covered with him. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> he's showing up. Wow. He's our new Bill Paxton. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Atkins really. Fest. Uh but yeah, it's an and weird not to see him in in a horror movie or or that style of of uh films. It was rare to uh see him venture out of that. But yeah, he's he's Bob Roberts's doctor here. And I think he's only in a couple of scenes, but uh mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, he 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 steals the show every time. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, but then we also mentioned Jack Black earlier, right? And then we mm-hmm. had Susan Sarandon and it, uh, Fred Ward, right? Uh, in there. Uh, wait, did you mention? Uh, oh no, never mind. Harry Lennox is in it. Is Harry one Lennox. of his uh, entourage. David yeah. Strathairn, right? Did you yep. Hear? John Cusack. Fisher John Stevens. Cusack. Yep. Bob Balaban. I mean, it's it's just a huge list. Um, yeah. Well, everybody wanted like a little piece of it, right? But but a lot of these actors didn't necessarily have the time, so they all play like news anchors and and kind of yeah. smaller smaller bit parts where they can jump in and you know it's yep. like a day or two of work and then they're in and out and gone and they yeah. get they get to be a, a part of the the experience without uh, you know it being too much of a, a time commitment. Right, exactly. And and Robbins is really approaching it from having just done The Player and uh, with Robert Altman, he really has an Altman-esque kind of um, perspective here that, that he's coming in with. And he was he's spoken about how fortunate he was that Altman really embraced him on The Player and, and collaborated with him on, on uh, you know, uh, changes to the script and wanting his perspective. And I think he respected Tim Robbins' background through the Actors Gang, which was the theater that he had been a big part of with with a whole bunch of other actors. Um, So he saw that Robbins could collaborate on more than just an actor level. So he was sort of like almost training him for to become a director. Yeah, I mean, could you imagine? I mean, at that time, like, basically, you get a master class of directing from Robert Altman before yeah. you go on to do your your own your own movie. Like, yeah. that's and he took advantage of it. I mean, so much of the 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 ensemble cast, uh, you know, style is you you know derivative of Altman's style. You know, in yeah. Mash and Nashville, and you know, almost every one of his films is, um, yeah, you know, Altman would often shoot his shoot scenes from really far away and just kind of zoom in on the actors and let them, it's almost like you're spying on them. And this movie has that same kind of feel also through the lens of the mockumentary style. Right. Um, But yeah, so, you know, a lot of actors in small roles and small doses here. Let's talk about the appearance (coughs) on uh, the Saturday night live, uh, style show called cutting edge live which is one of the uh 
interesting parts of the movie. So I mean, it's it's kind of the centerpiece of the movie, right? Is this is this like uh, yeah this scene, right? I mean, yeah, where, when, where everything kind of culminates to and comes to a head, right? And when so he's making an appearance on essentially Saturday Night Live, right? Uh, with you know, as a I guess in the world of the movie, a surprise to even the cast on the show because you see John Cusack, you know has no idea that he's about to do a promo with that weekend's host is going to be Bob Roberts, or maybe it was somebody else and they yeah. switched him at the last minute yeah. and clearly yeah. the opposite political perspective. And, and Cusack had done a film called tape heads with, with uh, Robbins and they would, uh, you know, work together again in high fidelity and other things. Yeah. I think they would cross paths, but um, yeah, I think there was a lot of payback over the years for people showing up in this movie that Robbins would show up in in uh, their films as well. Uh, but yeah, so you see, you know, Bob Roberts doing his guitar spiel on uh, the the promo that SNL still does that that weekly promo that that mm-hmm. thirty second spot, uh, and then you see the I think it's a production assistant who just can't stomach it anymore and just like that's where it all kind of comes to a head where she actually shuts the show down like physically what turns the lights off and and you know pulls the plug pulls the plug on the whole show uh to stop roberts's uh uh message from getting out there so and and it's it's a great it's another really subtle performance uh from bob balaban too is the studio i guess the lauren michaels type kind of playing it neutral yeah, he's got a show to run and he he's he he it's very subtle about like bringing Bob Roberts in is 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 good for it will be good for the show, you know, it'll be controversial. You just it's very very subtle but you understand his motivations is like you know, he's he he likes the leftist leanings of his of his cast, but you know, this will be good and and you know, and then yeah, I think it's his assistant that she is uh she admits like, yeah, the network wants you like we don't, but you, we don't want you here and all of that. And it, it becomes a big, and you know, Cusack's character doesn't want him there. Like n- none of them really want him there. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it's, and it's just going to be, they know their show is going to be used as propaganda. Um, and she's the only one that sort of decides to take a stand against like the corporate, you know, entities and control. Um, so yeah, they, and it leads, and it leads to, you know, the big, the big event, that I didn't, I didn't see coming <laughs> because well, like, you know, Bugs Raplin ha- keeps showing up at all these appearances um, right. to confront <clears throat> Bob Roberts. And it, it's a continuing growing story about right. the, the, the corruption and the past uh, and, you know, basically like drug smuggling um, and, and weapons smuggling uh, into Central America, you know, so basically, like using the, those resources because it's very it's heavily hinted that like it's hev- hinted that rickman's character uh lucas hart lucas is hart, yeah is like basically a cia spook who is you know uh, basically part of a, the this 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 secret you know syndicate of, of the real people that run the american government and all of that and they basically recruited almost like an oliver north Tight. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then like that Bob Roberts is basically recruited because he's smart and rich and charming. And you know, that he can be recruited to sort of be a mouthpiece and be used 
and it, and if, and then they're partners in this this kind mm-hmm. of thing. So it's like it's conspiratorial. Like it's yeah. a little like it feel. And then Bugs is sort of like painted as like imperfect, but also in search of the truth. And he's like he he teeters on becoming a conspiracy theorist. Um, but there's no indication that that's really what he is. He's just a he's he's a little obsessive about finding the truth and then it, it paints him weird. And then he becomes, he becomes a victim of uh, a conspiracy uh, to shoot Bob Roberts right there at, at the show. Right. Yeah. He's exposed. He's trying to expose what's really going on and, and with Bob Roberts and they do such a great job of deflecting intentionally deflecting the camera from from what what is what the real story is with him you know they'll shine it's like they shine a light and you look over there and you're not looking at what's really happening and and that's a that's a i think a commonly used political tactic yeah right well i mean and they're 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 like subtly blatant about it if that's a thing so like when 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 the camera settles on anytime the camera settles like on Rickman's character, any kind of like little small powwow, like, you know, like Ray Wise will come in and be like, yeah. Hey, come on over here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Take a look at this. <laughs> Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Yeah. And there's, there's so much that, that Bob's involved with all the wall street stuff. I mean, basically falsifying his backstory that you see his parents kind of countering or toning down what Bob's been saying about his upbringing, that sure. he was poor and, you know, and how he made his money and running away to military, the military. And, you know, I mean, is he, is he doing insider trading? Is that, it seemed like there's some insider trading going on. He's made it, he's extremely wealthy uh, through, you know, whatever he's doing on wall street and, and he's playing that down, you know, right publicly like he's trying to play that down and um yeah doesn't fit into the blue collar look he's going for exactly yeah because he's not that right but 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 they but they might want to say he's self-made like he's you know he's he's in america and he, he's a hard-working man he's a he's a self-made man he's worth millions of dollars and he hints that like when there was this the market crash in the 80s like he was okay because he he had he had uh, opportunities and and insight into things, and he and at that point he's like subtly hinting that like his ascendancy in politics is just going to be even better for his business. Like he, it's right. not obvious, but it's it's something that he's hinting at. Like you you got to have that insider stuff. So you know the the inside track really, not insider, but like so he's hinting that I'm going to become even more rich because I'm going to be a senator, uh, right? And it's and very, how like, more powerful. Yeah, more powerful. So it's and so that that's kind of also another parallel from our, with our current occupant in the White House of like, I'm going to use this to become even richer, um, and and not even hide it. <laughs> Bob right. Bauer is a little more subtle, I guess. But yeah, well, and he's at a different, uh, I guess, a different stage of his political career, and yeah. I think you could see. Bob Roberts maybe staying in the political game a lot longer than than uh, the current uh, person yeah. in the White House. So, yeah. um, you know, who it seems is going to potentially go start some other kind of media conglomerate and for the for the super extreme right, and we'll see if that actually happens or not. Yeah, but 
you know, the whole, so, uh, you know, like you were saying with Bugs Raplin, it, it eventually leads to his downfall in that they are now going, Roberts's team is going to use him um, as a, they're going to create this fictional shooting, this, you know, Reagan-esque shooting to elicit sympathy and more votes for for Roberts and they're going to implicate you know uh, uh, basically implicate Bugs Raplin in the in the crime and you can see you know this takes i think a, a couple of viewings but if you go back and watch that shooting there's a lot of things you can see that the actors are doing setting this up you know even like blood capsules and there's little watch where their hands are and who's physically positioning themselves and how they distract everybody right before the shooting happens. So nobody really sees it. Mm-hmm. It's uh it's, it's really well done. It's a smart, it's a smart uh, move in the script uh, for them to, to take those characters. And then it eventually leads to uh, Raplin. Uh, Raplin is, is killed, isn't he? Eventually. Yeah. But he's right. after, after being found not, not to be the criminal like you know that the the case is dropped because they can't they can't prove it and then because you know they what they didn't account for was the fact that they guess they didn't do their research on him but he had uh a palsy in his hand so he can't actually use a gun or the gun yeah but they shoved a gun in his hand or whatever and uh so like that's the that and so raplin's free for a little while and then he and you don't see it on screen they're not following him but you you find out later that like a a group a radical group who is you know trying to fight fight injustice basically right wing terrorists uh, who said that like that was justice being served essentially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and the political spin in this is right like during the shooting, uh, Bob Roberts gets injured and paralyzed, and so now it's like a rallying cry around him for all his supporters, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that, that he survived and, you know, now he's, he's taken a bullet for his stance and, and all this. And you see, you see the vigil, you know, that, that Jack Black and, and the, uh, you know, his fanatical following is, uh, you know, they're just staying all night, all day, just, you know, waiting to see how he's getting an update for him. Yeah. And then, you know, later on we see him emerge from that and he's, he's in a wheelchair and I love that like little subtle shot at the end of the movie where you see his foot just tapping, you know, to to the music. Yeah. So, you know, it's all, it's all exactly. Yeah. It's all a hoax. (laughs) But what a, what a, what a commitment to making this work to get that, to win that election. And that it's it's like, it does lean a little more, little, little bit conspiratory you know like um i mean conspiracies are all all, all different levels of, of things and, mm-hmm. and and are legitimately real among you know people who do them but like to 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 provide this hoax in plain view and then fake this recovery and then now his public life he'll always be in a wheelchair it's like that's such an extreme way to you know to win you know yeah. Which you know, people go to extremes to win all the time. This is just like, kind of like the Hollywood kind of satire of it. Um, well, Tim Tim Robbins was asked in an interview where Bob Roberts would be right now, mm-hmm. 
uh, and that he would have staged a miraculous, miraculous. healing that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he would he would finally be able to walk again, and it would all be probably timed right around when he would be running for president. So yeah, yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah. There's another scene in there too, right? Where we see the silhouette of somebody that that could be Bob Roberts walking mm-hmm. kind yeah. of a, a, in front of a, or at least it's the silhouette of a, of a person in front of a window. Yeah. Yeah. That we, we don't see there's this portion of the movie. You don't actually see Bob Roberts. It's all the reactions of everyone of the media and his followers and, and how they're, you know, uh, the angle that they're pushing, but you don't see Bob until he's finally like healed enough, you know, right. to, to start doing interviews again. So it's weird when you see that silhouette, one of the, and it basically, the silhouette basically walks over to a light and to turn it off, you know, presumably yeah. turning the light off in the bedroom to go to sleep. And, uh, the documentary catches one of the fans just leaning against a tree and like looking up and like, noticing that and he gets so excited because he said he saw him in a wheelchair before in the window and then now he saw that and i i i wasn't sure if like he secretly knows the truth and just loves it and like Mm -hmm. you know like that's his his interpretation that like Mm. no he's he's good like he's okay like and he's happy that he's okay you know well i think when you're when you have a um following that's that passionate they're gonna they're not they're usually not going to see anything as a wrongdoing right right like even if they like oh he staged it well good for him that's what he had to go to extreme measures to prove you know like yeah they'll justify it for for whatever reason put that on your similarity list for (laughs) yeah uh, exactly bob roberts and the current administration absolutely um you know, you've got the, you know, he's even, there's so much more going on. I mean, the slander campaign against Brickley Paste that he's got a sexual misconduct uh, uh, situation happening yeah. that, you know, as an audience, you don't know if it's true or not. And there's obviously so much that goes into those, um, you know, those accusations now and, well, right. and always. But, um, you know, it's based on Gore Vidal's performance and his reaction it seems like it's something that's just fictional that yeah that roberts is just uh banking on yeah Yeah. speaking of give a little shout out to uh gore vidal for that performance because my understanding is that it was primarily unscripted and he just was kind of adding his own kind of take on 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 things and and what he thought this person would he kind of ad-libbed a a large majority of that yeah yeah i mean he's such a smart writer i mean he's been you know like he's for decades at that point i mean he's just so he knows what he's talking about so yeah like yeah the some of those talking heads are just right off the cuff that they filmed like that they weren't even planned to be shot yeah well and you don't realize till the end of the movie that the, the the interview with brickley paste is all happening after the election's over Right, right. So it's all him reflecting on the whole thing, but you don't realize that until the very end. Then you right. see where it all leads to that. So, right. um, yeah, he's a what a thirty-year politician coming up against this newcomer, you know, who's this young, uh, charming guy. So it's it's uh, you know it, it's someone new into the political system, and that's you know again mirroring what's what's happened 
over the last few years is that a non-politician stepping in uh, against these politicians who've been doing the same thing over and over and year after year after year. And it, uh, yeah, it, it's there, yeah. there was a section that wanted that to change. It's time, time out with the old and with the new that, that, you know, he was probably really popular in the sixties as a, like a, a Democrat, you know, fighting for the, on the side of, of social programs and social justice and all of that. And it's just been a sweeping change. We're, through the 90 through the 80s and now the 90s were yeah there it's time for a time for a change in pennsylvania mm-hmm. for for someone espousing sort of populist <clears throat> ideals and stuff without any and values without any real policy yeah um, because i mean you know that there is throughout the country you know or whatever for every every election that there's this this sense of you know Things are, things could be, things are okay, but things used to be better and things could be great, but there's a reason they're not great. And it's because of pick your poison, you know, it's because of immigrants or, uh, or just welfare people, which again, code for black and brown people. Um, and it's, or any other disenfranchised people like low wage workers, pot people in poverty, the homeless, these are the people that are ruining things like uh, not that that's a constant message. I think that that always resonates. So it's like these people who are suffering, well, at least they're not suffering like those people. And those people are the ones causing my problems, you know? Um, yeah. And it fucking works, man. It, people, people just buy that shit hook, line and sinker. Um, and it's easy to fall into. And if you're not informed and really, do you have the time to be informed if you're, <laughs> working endless hours and got to feed your kids and you just need to make sure they get to school and you got to make sure you can pay your mortgage or whatever. I mean, it's not easy to stay informed when you've got so much noise and you don't have any money. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, it's, 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 it's all very like, it's well done in terms of, uh, on a, on a big, big scale. And that's what we do here. Um, and we, we drill it down into culture wars and, and, and shit like that um, instead of uniting against what's good for all. It's a, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. again, mirrors that divisive kind of mentality and they're, you know, that's the smear campaign, the slander, you know, that they're going to, that Roberts's team is going to go against uh Brickley pace. Well, and like it, it all comes to a head with like the, the debate that they have where you, you like, you get it like a, it go, it cuts back and forth between Roberts and Paisley uh, because of like what they stand for. And like, <laughs> it was like, you know, Pace wants to take the, he wants to take the high road. So he's not insulting the guy mm-hmm. and he's not saying anything about him, but he wants to deal with poverty, homelessness, healthcare, getting good jobs for people, but saying the word sacrifice, like, that we're going to have to sacrifice to do that, which is not a message people no, like to hear. They don't want to hear that. Like, well, you're going to take something away from me. Like, <clears throat> um, but like, but in the, the sacrifice leads is supposed to be for the betterment of all for good people, you know, for, for everyone. Um, and then Bob's like, well, why can't you have a great job and the fast car and the vacations and the, and the money. And he's like, and it's like, it's that kind of stuff. And it's, it's very distinct. Like, it's not even like being against 
against something, but it's working actively against the other. You know, it's, they're not even like, there's no neutrality. There's no like, whatever about it. You know, I could go either way on this mm-hmm. stuff. So it's like, you have to pick your, you have to pick your battle. You have to pick which side are you on? Um, and I guess, yeah, I think since, I mean, it's always sort of been like that, but it doesn't, it just feel the absolute worst now, like than it's ever been like picking a side. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if it's because of the age we're at and we're much more engaged and involved than we were when we were younger. I don't think it's just that. I think that may be a part of it, but sure. the intensity is ratcheted up to an extreme level. I mean, <clears throat> we've all, I think all experienced it just in our, our own families, you know, like how that's affected and uh, driven a lot of families apart. Um, yeah. Some permanent, some can are able to work through it and just some just don't talk about it and ignore it. But it's, it's there. I mean, it's, it's there a lot, whether it's, you know, friends or family, it's hard to find somebody who hasn't had someone, you know, relatively close to them or in their world that were just completely opposite political views. And, uh, this is, this just shows how that, how that is kind of, uh, bred, you know, from, from the political level. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think on top of that, you know, it, it, the divisiveness has been kind of ratcheting up for a little bit, but then you throw in a pandemic and you, yeah. you, you throw in, you know, that each side now is digging their heels in. Uh, you know, I, it's, it's like the, the life or death versus freedom, you know, and, and it's just kind of a, it's very, you know, I mean, just everything is so, there's so much sensitivity around, all uh all aspects of 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 what we're dealing with right now yeah and it's you know everybody has a very passionate point of view and it's i mean it's really split almost you know right down the middle you know and people are they're hunkered down man they're ready to the information that is being dispersed you know i mean there's arguments on both sides about the validity of what's being said and you know i mean it's just like no one really believes that they can trust anything uh except for the information that's being given to them from the side that they've chosen Mm -hmm. and so you know i mean nobody wants to hear that the other side has done good things or the other side is, you know, they just want to, they want to believe the line that they've been given from, from their side. And they're like every, all groups are kind of falling on their sword over it. You know, and it's just like, it's been, it's been, you know, it's difficult because with the pandemic, like it's just adds more confusion. It adds more elements of, of possibility to, to create the divide. I mean, it's, you know, like nobody, like it's just, everybody is struggling right now to find a common ground. Yeah. There's no, there's not a lot of meeting in the middle right now for sure. Um, And it's extra hard right now. There's so many issues that are at a boiling point that, you know, they're all happening. You know, the pandemic, the economy, the uh, black lives matter. You've got the, 
um, the global climate situation. It's just, there's so many things happening that um, uh, it's hard to fight all those battles at once. And it feels like, like that's what's happening right now. Yeah. 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 Uh, but back to the movie. Bob Roberts. <laughs> Bobby. 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 How'd Bobby do at the box office? <laughs> well, not that great. We'll we'll get there. <laughs> um, one of the things, just going back to a couple of things about the production itself, uh, little tidbits here and there. So the where they shot the cutting edge live uh, set that was actually in uh, Mr. Roberts' studio. Mr. Roberts. Yeah. What the hell are you talking about? Fred, Fred Roberts. Mr. You know. Mr. Rogers? Mr. Rogers. What the fuck did I say? Fred? Good God. <laughs> Keep that in. There goes all credibility for John Diner. Oh, God. Yeah, that will get you grew up in the 80s, 90s, and what? Nah. Fred <laughs> Why Roberts. Why did I say Roberts? Because it's Bob Roberts. Roberts, man. Oh, yeah. Duh. I got you. <laughs> yeah. I can follow along. <laughs> okay. Let's well, yeah, get that one over. You want to redo that? Yeah, I think we should leave it in, but let's redo it. That's <laughs> no, I think that stays in. Uh, <laughs> that place. Let's just get moving on. Yeah, they because sh- like, they shot the movie primarily in Pittsburgh, right? So that's where Mr. Rogers is uh, from. Yeah, Mr. Rogers Studio. That was the uh, Cutting Edge Live uh, set. So that's a little tidbit there. Is that right? That's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, I yeah. I guess you wouldn't, but that's interesting. Yeah, and I don't know. I mean, obviously, he was still going at that point. So I don't know how they, you know, I don't know how Mr. Rogers' schedule was. I mean, did he do that, like, all year round? I mean, he must have taken some kind of break. I'm sure there was a hiatus in there somewhere. Yeah, probably. Everyone needs a hiatus. Mm-hmm. Well, for sure. I mean, didn't because he. Oh, I have to go back on my Fred Rogers history train, but I feel like he had a break in there from when he stopped actually actively shooting episodes, mm. right? Like, yeah, in yeah. in the in the nineties, and then he came back. I forget what the specific reason was, but there was there was like a very specific instance that happened where he was like, "I need to come back now." Yeah. yeah. I, I forget what it was. I feel like it was the Iraq war kind of brought him back. Um, Like he left in the early eighties and then came back. I want to say it was Iraq war, but like, and that, and seeing that culture had changed, like he thought he had, he had tackled all the issues. Right. Um, Yeah. I did it all. I did uh, people with disabilities and being nice to your neighbors and the differences between white people and non-white people. And it's like, he realized like the world kept evolving uh, the, Ameri- the country kept evolving and changing and growing. It's like, Oh, there's still many things to say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, maybe he wasn't there at the time. I don't know. Yeah. I, we'll have to research that about the timing of when they shot it in there, but that was, that was interesting. I also like the direct spinal tap reference of when he gets lost, you know, wandering through the arena to get to the stage so yeah, that, yeah that's yeah. always a fun uh reference that yeah. scene just went on and on and on it's great it's <laughs> yeah. a great wonder like just they could not find a place for him and like you know there's ballerinas dancing yeah. and people getting ready it's so it's great <laughs> i love that yeah that was tim robbins homage right i mean because yeah. he yeah. was a big fan of spinal tap yeah. Oh, yeah he is a big fan of spinal well and that was really i don't know if it was the first mockumentary but it was certainly 
I think the most popular one, you know, yeah. it's kind of considered the, or maybe the, the most well done at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Spinal tap, you mean? Yeah. 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 I mean, there weren't, uh, before this, there really weren't that many. I mean, that, that, like we said, that didn't really get popular until the late nineties. So. Yeah. yeah um, I think people would have a hard time trying to come up with one prior to that. And it's, it's definitely, if you talk, you talk to connoisseurs of that genre that's going to be on their list mm-hmm. 95% of the time I would, oh, yeah. I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, you know, ultimately the movie came out in the fall of 92. So the, the movie comes out right when the, the 92 election is really like in full steam, you know, moving full steam ahead. Yeah. Uh, so I think, you would think that it would be a that would be good timing for a movie like this to come out, but I, you know, in actuality, I think people were too focused on that election, and that was you know every election is big, but you know there was I, I remember that one being particularly intense and so much media coverage on it. So you could see how a smaller movie like this um, that didn't get a huge release, it didn't have a major studio pushing it. It was an independent film coming out at a time where independent film was really on the rise right at, you know, post sex lies and videotape uh, era and, and the early days of Miramax and, and, you know, some of these other companies. Um, but this movie didn't really get that major exposure. So without that, it was sort of doomed, um, you know, on, on, it made, I, I don't know what it costs, but I know it made about, four or five million dollars so maybe it broke even yeah yeah and it was i mean its release was kind of, i mean it was very slow i mean it was only released in a handful of handful it was of like theaters 300 theaters or something at, at the top end like it only hit 300 like at the top end and it was in and out like like maybe two months a month. yeah at like most, it did, yeah it didn't last long at all you know and i mean i, I think i think you touched on it it there was there was so much going on already had people's attention politically, um, you know. I mean, because that that election it was, you know, pretty highly um, focused on. I mean, we had what we had Bush won, we had Clinton and Ross, and Ross Perot, Perot was in there, and it was yeah. just like, I mean, there was there was a lot there was a lot going on. Yeah, you know, Perot was everywhere with his billion dollar ads and all sorts of stuff. I mean, it was yeah yeah. So you know, yeah, absolutely. And Robbins, you know, himself, like he had the player come out in 92. He had Shortcuts come out right after this, which was another Robert Altman movie. And then he had Hudsucker Proxy immediately after. So he does have these much higher profile movies coming out where this one just kind of just fell in there. Well, and I, to be quite honest, I mean, for me, like, I would recognize Tim Robbins prior to that for like, the roles that he had been in, but he mm-hmm. really wasn't on my radar until Shawshank, which, which yeah. until let me rephrase, let me, let me actually clarify until Shawshank hit home video. So right. like I didn't see Shawshank into, because I was working at the video store mm-hmm. at the time that it came out and I saw that and I was like, Holy, I was like, who's this dude. And then I got, you know, then I got real familiar with him. Like I recognized him from bull Durham, but, you know, to be honest, like I hadn't really seen Bull Durham at that point. Shawshank is really kind of the first thing that I remember seeing, recognizing, and being like, "Man, this dude's good." Mm-hmm. 
Well, it's probably, I mean, off the top of my head, I would say that's his best film. Hmm. What if it wasn't off the top of your head? <laughs> yeah, if then, you had to then think give about me it. a couple minutes. <laughs> yeah, I don't not, know. I really, I think he's pretty fantastic. It's not Howard the Duck? Not Howard the Duck. No. no. Duck. <laughs> not, 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 not as Merlin in Top Gun either. No, no. no. Yeah, you can't beat Andy Dufresne. I mean, that's yeah. a it's a great role. It's a great role. It's a great movie. Um, we'll and that movie blew up later. I mean, that wasn't the movie. It didn't. I don't think that movie did well, right? Yeah, like, I remember it being like when we got to college in '97. It was like everybody had it. You know, everyone had yeah. the VHS of it, and that's where it really picked up. And I think that's where Bob Roberts's legacy was too. Was more on the, you know, years later when people, you know, after probably the popularity of Shawshank helped drive home video sales of Bob Roberts up and the player because people started to fall in love with Tim Robbins. And then you go back and see the other stuff that he's done. So, you know, this movie probably owes a lot to, especially to Shawshank. Yeah. But like there wasn't this movie, he sold this at con like to Harvey Weinstein, like, Mm-hmm. Harvey Weinstein could have made this a bigger, bigger movie. I would think, you know, if if he right. really put the effort in. And uh, but I I read that you know Robbins had final cut and wouldn't make any changes. So he sort of implied that like Harvey kind of controlled the fate of how how widespread it was going to get. Yeah, and that maybe you know, especially like an independent movie, those those things can hit, but you gotta you gotta really push it. So right. I can well, see. And- you know, that, that's like, that makes sense. Like it sometimes, I mean, a lot of times things pick up speed on their own very organically, but it, most of the time it takes aggressive marketing and exposure. Uh, and, and that could change everything. Yeah. And, you know, obviously there's been major issues with Harvey Weinstein and look where he is now. Uh, but at the time, very few direct filmmakers and directors got, control over what you know how their their movie was marketed really it's i think only really tarantino got away with you know being really driving uh the the marketing and ad campaigns for those for his films otherwise it was totally up to weinstein and what he wanted to do and it was his way or the highway yeah yeah Yeah, I've just been looking through uh, Tim Robbins' credits. I, I have to agree. Shawshank Redemption is probably his best movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> to go not, back Ar- to that. not Arlington Road? Uh, it's either that or Nothing to Lose with... Oh, uh, God, yeah. <laughs> with, uh, who's that, Martin Short? No, not Martin Short. Why, uh, what's his name? Martin Lawrence. Uh, Martin Lawrence, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> or what about Austin Powers 2? Was he in that? I yeah, he's in that. Uh I'm anyway, but yeah, t- Tim Robbins is in a bunch of stuff now. I mean, he's he was in Castle Rock uh, yeah. season two, but I feel like he's been in a bunch of shows the last couple of years, and he's kind of having another career sort of resurgence right now. But yeah, he's uh, doing a lot of he's doing a lot of TV. He's an artist so. first, you know. He, yeah, and I think he still does a lot of his theater, and 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 he's just he just he he just stays busy, and he's an activist. I mean, he's. I don't know. I think he's always just, he's always been a presence. I don't think there's like, there. Uh, if there's been a downtime, it's just that he wasn't in any high profile projects at the time. Right. But I mean, it's right. just, he's right. always right. been. 
you know, Tim Robbins. I mean, you, you want Tim Robbins in your project, right? I do. You know, yeah. I take. Maybe him. I'll get him for another interview. Credibility, man. I feel like he he lends he lends a lot of credibility. Yeah, he's one of those guys. Yeah, yeah and and it's, you know, the first couple of times I saw this movie, I didn't really. I enjoyed it. I thought it was funny. I saw the depth of it, but I guess I didn't re- totally get it. I didn't get the what the message is. It's only now after basically this has come true that now you see it. Yeah. At least that's my perspective on it. I, th- I think it you know it spoke to the potential of how bad things could get, you know, how we saw it getting in in 90s America. Um where things could go and what, what, how politics changed from being part of, of, you know, to maintain the democracy versus the serving of the self-interested or the serving the self-interest of those in, in power, you know, like it's, it was the eventual shift that, that he was in. It wasn't like prophecy. wasn't trying to like be prophetic. I think it was, it was a commentary on what has been going, had been going on. Right for so long yeah. and that and then here's like a here's a little here's an almost laughable way we're, we're gonna get a charming folk singer and we're gonna have a it with a cia backing with a bunch of conspiracy and you know we're it and it, it almost seemed like it seemed a little laughable while maintaining like what those consequences could be and um and you fill those gaps in yourself but then yeah i mean it it has never been closer to 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 reality uh, than it is now Uh yeah i feel like if if this movie wasn't so hard to come by like find like you can't find it digitally anywhere yeah right like you have to go find a place that actually physically rents dvds which those are few and far between now Mm -hmm. yeah or or you or you have to i mean i didn't actually go to see if i could buy the dvd myself i assume you can but no one's like looking for this movie, but I feel like if it was digitally accessible and like showed up on a Netflix or a, or, or an Amazon prime right now, like it, it would have a, a second life. Like, it, like I think there would be a cult following to it. Cause I feel like, you know, like it, it plays man, like it's really well made. And although it's terrifying because it did end up being more prophetic than I think it ever intended to be like, mm-hmm it's it's well done i think you know for uh, it was very entertaining and it's you know to see everybody the ensemble cast doing their thing is 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 highly entertaining yeah yeah i think the you know this you know coming true is really the last thing that tim robbins actually wanted right (laughs) right yeah it's exactly what he didn't want to happen that was the whole point of it yeah but here we are, and it's 2020, everybody's favorite year. Yeah. Although this is uh, really long before that. So, but yeah, it's it's you know he took what he was seeing with, or not just him, but what was happening with corporate America and in that really taking over throughout the 80s and the gentrification and the mollification of society through the 80s and into the early 90s and. Uh, this is a snowball effect of that and the kind of politician that's going to be coming our way. And it certainly did. And, and this is where leading to where we're at now. Yeah. 
So I don't know. Maybe he could do a. Uh, it'd be interesting if he ever did a follow up to this and did do like you know where is Bob Roberts now? Where where would he be? And you know, according to him, he'd be in the White House. So yeah, yeah <laughs> and what would be happening next for Bob Roberts? Yeah, yeah, ah, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> David's now, scared, right? I, see, I, I don't even think you can do it now because now it is like too close. It's to happened, home, right? yeah. Like, it's it's yeah. Re- it's it's no longer satire. It's yeah. real. Yeah, it'd be <laughs> so. It's like you can't really do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I think that uh, as far as performances go, and, and directorially speaking, too. I mean, if you're a fan of Tim Robbins, I, I think this is a must see. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's great. You yeah. know, I, I would put this top, you know, top five for sure of uh, Tim Robbins' projects. Yeah. yeah. Top top five of of the projects I've seen probably top seven of of the projects i haven't seen and if you include this one as mm-hmm. well because there's so many of his projects i still haven't seen like yeah. i said i orbit around him but there's so many things that he's done that i've heard of and just never watched <laughs> robin's fest 2021 coming uh munchak's way yes yeah <laughs> Sign me up. i'll take a weekend and watch uh, i mean he had a really good run though like let's i, I mean he's still running but like his his early yeah. 90s run when you look back on it now like oh yeah i mean bull durham okay so that's late 80s but bull durham is great cadillac man is very entertaining jacob's ladder his performance is pretty amazing the player's great bob roberts shortcuts hudsucker proxy shawshank and then you know top it off with nothing to lose i'm telling you (laughs) i'm nick beam exactly i'm nick beam uh, that movie's that. great that movie's awesome it is hilarious <laughs> i love I it don't i have even, not seen that in forever you uh, gotta go back and watch it i laugh out loud every time i watch it like we should guaranteed. we should we should do that next year yeah, yeah. we're looking scat, for a fun comedy the scat man scene uh, in that movie oh no ridiculous like i can't i just like i cry i, I laugh so. i saw it in the theater but i do not remember it at all uh, I, well, I saw it. On, I didn't see it in the theater. I saw it late on, like, uh, on at home at home at some point. And I, it is. It, I love it. I really do. That's great. I yeah. No, we should do it. It's it's good. It's a good story. It's fun. Yeah, it is. Fun. And Martin Lawrence is really funny in it. He yeah. is. Well, you know, he's got uh, an important message here, and I think it's that you know, society should always be questioning their politicians and their politics and always asking if, if, is this what we should be doing? And, um, you know, lack of, you know, he said that lack of vigilance on politicians, uh, is what can really lead to disaster. And then they, they have too much power, too much control. We're not regulating them as a, as a culture, um, as voters. Uh, and it's, uh, you know, there's other elements here like media manipulation and and even the the power of music like how that was able to manipulate his followers and um mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of important messages here so i think uh it's i think it's an important movie to see and to look back and i i thought it was a uh, high time that we do it here on the show yeah good choice man 
Here, here, man. That was, it's like it, our, was, it was a good choice. I'm glad I saw it. I, I, you know, I hadn't. And, uh, yeah. And I'm really happy uh, that we did this podcast because yeah. it is very good. It's our serious episode. It's our serious political episode. Yeah. The, the, the one time we do that. <laughs> yeah, I think we did okay. Hopefully we didn't offend too many people. But, you it's know. Uh, uh, just half the audience. It's, it's a delicate, it's, it's a delicate balance, man. Yeah. Especially right now. Well, we had to do. We had to spin it away from uh, from horror and uh, fantasy uh, horror, and now it's reality horror. Reality yeah, horror. Exactly. This yeah. is the real horror. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but guess what, guys? Uh, What's that, John? You know what? Next week is <laughs> it's Thanksgiving. Gobble gobble. So we've got sure. a really. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna get lighter again uh, uh, yeah. next week. So stay tuned for what we've got in store for you guys. Um, what else? Anything? Oh, uh, any rating? Let's do our are ratings we do, for. Are we, gonna, are we gonna do some Burtons or what? Yeah, yeah. Let's do our our uh, Jack yeah. Burton. Our, That's our a scale, scale of thirteen. Yes, 13. it's been so long. I can't. I know. Uh, what, uh, David? How many how many Jack Burtons would you give Bob Roberts? Uh. Uh, uh, probably like a nine and a half to a 10. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I think that that's probably right in the, the, the range. I mean, this one is just, it's strange, right? It's a really well-made movie. It's, it's, it's funny if you take out current affairs. Yeah. Right. And it's terrifying when you add them back in. And so it's like, it's, it's like, really good and also really sad and it's just it's like it just depends on i think the mood you go in when you watch this movie will Mm -hmm. determine how much you enjoy it or it or it upsets you and so uh i think i think for me nine and a half ten the same as david here is is probably a good a good spot to put it yeah i i always you know remembered the movie uh after watching it in college as being much funnier and watching it this time was like, no, not funny at all. It's just scary. It's just real. Um, But uh, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and give it a 10 as well. So I think we're all right in the same zone there. Yeah. 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 No, definitely worth a viewing. Yeah. uh, Yeah. One day it'll be available on digital, I'm sure. But uh, it's got to be. I'm surprised it's not. It's almost, it's, it's very strange to me that it's not available digitally especially with everything that's going on. It seems yeah. like now is the perfect time to have it available for people to, to watch and bring those questions up to the forefront. Like why was this being said 30 years ago and yet it's so current, you yeah. know? And yeah. so I, I think that it's, it's a real misstep somewhere uh, that, that, or it's intentionally not being, made available conspiracy like, theory there you yeah, go i'm throwing yeah. mine out there there's my conspiracy theory there's a there's a reason you can't see this movie yeah mm, they don't want you to see it they don't want you to see <laughs> they, it yeah they them they the ones that keep us down well, wait till we get well, you want to get conspiracy theory wait till we start covering uh the conspiracy movies of the 70s so we're, or, we're gonna or or mel gibson's famous movie conspiracy theory. or that one yeah yeah <laughs> let's get into it but uh all right well it was it was uh great to kind of dive into this one with you guys for our, our political episode but um 
like we said, we're, we're going to be getting lighter for the holidays coming up. We've got Thanksgiving coming up real soon. And then Christmas yeah. is right behind it. And we're, we got a, a bunch of uh, good and fun episodes uh, ahead. So stay tuned with us. If you made it through this one, <laughs> God bless you. You'll be, you'll be back in for those. You love so. us. You really love us. <laughs> um, I just want to say before we wrap it up, a quick thank you to our friends as always, EK Wimmer for the theme music and uh, Curtis Moore for the poster. Uh, we always appreciate that and check out check out EK's podcast, Laser Graves, anywhere you listen to to this podcast or any of your other ones. Uh, it's always a fun time there. But um, I think that's about it, guys. So uh, we will see you next time on Reefing Cinemation. Take care. Bye now. He puts the money in a quick drying inkwell. Takes a loss, gets cross, walks to the corner store, pulls a knife, calls his wife, can't take it anymore. Look out, show how far will it go? Take away the fire, where does the water flow? SNL. SNL. Jerry's in the attic, messing with the static. Junior's on the telephone, nothing problematic. Julie's selling T-bonds, her bill is turning over. John is building walls, manipulating a takeover. Look out, show how far will it go? Try to get some sleep at night. Try hard, get harder, love to win, live to fight. Own the town, love the best. Don't share the treasure chest. If you cheat, get away, lead them down and out. the time to invest.